Jordan. Neil. Brought the careers of uh, many people down in the last week. Yeah, I did. I'm in the presence of a very powerful man. <laughs> yeah. The a- Slayer of beaters. The Alan Jones of our generation. Yeah. Slayer like- of beaters. <laughs> I like that. Well, it's like what you said. There was no need for the entire video. You just needed to show a photo of them and you knew what was going to come <laughs> after that. How did that come about? Did you do some uh, some research into that no, organization? No. Or? They were just being sassy to me on Twitter, so I gave them a bit of sass back. And then all of a sudden, there was a hundred people piling on, and I thought, mm, this seems a bit inorganic. So I started looking into it. They're all fake bot accounts controlled by maybe 40 people that have this little secret Facebook network. And their entire existence, it seems, is to tear down people that actually do help the unemployed. I have no idea why, but that is the mind of the incel, isn't it? It's just, it's really strange. It's like this thing of like, only I could be the protector of the weak, but are you protecting them at all? No, I'm being really incompetent and making it harder for people that actually do. What a contribution to society. Mm. And also making it as part of the Unemployed Workers Union that you can't have a job and be part of it so you know what the struggle is like. Well, how about you give away your millions of dollars that you got from your grandma, if that's the case? If, if you really want to understand the struggle of like the lowest people in society, maybe not cushioning it with a few investment properties that have been handed over you to you for nothing might, might give you some insights. I agree. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Just, yeah. I, I, I'm worried now you've, uh, you may have fueled the fire for a, a mass shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have guns. It is moments Readily like that where you think that. Guns. Yeah. Because incels in America can get guns really easily because they don't have to make eye contact with the uh, people selling them. It's easy to do that. It came up with an automated checkout. Exactly. It? Whereas in Australia, you've got to go through a rigorous process and probably have to deal with some really country alphas <laughs> and show that you are yeah. a combatant with a firearm. Yeah. Probably a lot of army dudes. And look, if you, if you, if you hate women and you're a total beta male... You're going to crumble under that uh, yeah. alpha pressure. They could tell with just the handshake probably and be like, no, nah, yeah. not right. <laughs> that, that should actually be the test for whether you get a gun or not. Regardless of be. whether you're good or not, just like, come on, how firm is that handshake? Yeah, mm, I'm... So- 70%. Okay, you can have a handgun. <laughs> Nothing more. Pale people with sweaty, clammy hands should never have guns. This is going to be trigger happy just because of the lubricant on it to begin with. But <laughs> on, on top of that... <laughs> Not that that. they need it. Yeah. (laughs) They always fit the bill. Every single fucking mass shooter you look like looks like those four. There I said it. It's just amazing that those four are accusing others of looking like pedophiles. Hmm. I don't know what it is about that look. We should be in charge of gun regulation in Australia. What what do you mean? What was the handshake test? Hmm. And um, they should do the blue light in the person's room. And if there's jizz everywhere, yeah, nope, don't get a gun. <laughs> you don't get a gun. But also, like cunts from the bush that are too muscly with sunburn and uh, like blue singlets on. I'm sorry. I can't in good conscience let that guy have a gun. But what are they going to They're just going to shoot ruse. Yeah, look. and then they'll they'll have a lot of heated words about Muslims on Facebook, but I don't think they'll actually do anything. 
Actually, you know what? You're probably right. It's all it's it's words, but but the you know the uh, the incels it's actions. No, you know what else? I think they'd actually be in real danger of bureaucrats. Bureaucrats coming to their house and just saying like this fence post is on someone else's property, and they're just like that's fucking it. I've had it with you, fucks. That that would happen. Fucking <laughs> <Right laughs> greenies. <laughs> I'll cut down yeah, whatever no, fucking tree I want to cut down. Yeah. Fair enough. They're off the list. It's it's I, I feel it like is. they'd also just get a shotgun. You know that kind of they'll posture about it, but they'll never actually shoot. They like they'll instill fear. They'll be like, Yeah, I've got my fucking gun. But they won't <laughs> I don't think they'll actually I think they really understand when you grapple with the power of being able to take another human being's life despite their uh, uh unintelligent image i think they've really thought about that whereas yeah. i don't think yeah. i don't think um beta male cucks really understand the uh the significance of taking another person's life i don't think i do because you never really, you never thought deeply about it. Yeah, and never I've never been really, in the position. No, I've never really had to deal with um, serious life or death situations <laughs> like that. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, it is something I guess to meditate on. But I think the mm. other bigger thing to meditate on is the fact that this is very funny. Like just putting up your hand. And deciding that you get to decide who gets like a tool of giving life or not. And like pretty much straight wow. off the bat, all we decided is like groups of people that we have personal vendettas against don't get guns. And not even put like not even vendettas, just like don't like the look of them, don't like the cut of their jib. Let's <laughs> say so something. You gotta trust your gut. Dude, listen to your intuition. I was listening to this um, this podcast when it's like a formula, former Bachelor contestant and another, I think just two former Bachelor girls. Deep. And they did, a, it's really, it's actually a really interesting podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah I like listening to it. And and then um, they did a whole episode about just, yeah, trust your gut, girlfriend. And they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I really think there's something intrinsic about gut feeling did they give any stories yeah just, just a lot of stories a where lot of they, stories. they they just dumped men that they one day woke up and were like mm, i don't like his mouth i'm done look i, I really don't <laughs> see the wisdom in that i think there's a like more to relationship going there i think um mm. it could be a they're sensing something there but a woman's uh, intuition give, dude did they is give, perceptive as is our intuition with wrist strength. <laughs> Such a huge assessment of yourself. <laughs> I really dodged a bullet there. That guy had one aspect that I thought was ugly. Can't live with that. That was what they're saying. There's like they're not saying that there was anything that happened to result of that guy having no. a weird mouth. It I was don't know. <laughs> I can't remember if it was a weird mouth, but it was something so trivial. It was um it's called the the ick or something like that. Yeah. I should talk about it on my other. I should ask uh, Eliza on my other podcast. But it was they were talking about how sometimes you just get that the guy hasn't done anything wrong. If anything, he's been a really good boyfriend. But they just get the ick feeling. So grossed out, creeped yeah, out. Yeah. So they're done. Whereas if uh, the, the, the bane of every just, man's existence, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you reckon? How many times collectively have men been fucking 
done, ticked all the boxes to getting weighed, and then the last minute, it's just not feeling it. Yeah, that is a deep question for your, your fucking other podcast, isn't it? I would be very interested in knowing the answer to that. Okay, well, we'll do... We'll, but there we'll, is no we'll answer. They're explaining the there's no answer. They're just being like, I don't know, you know? It's just a feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the 10 female listeners on this podcast can uh, comment. Yeah, they can help out. The... But dude, like as a guy... Why don't they get the ick listening to this garbage? That is a really good question. Because... <laughs> Man, I have felt the ick in the past. And just, just to, you, you know what my thought was? Well, this will be over in 20 minutes. <laughs> you, go over it, you know? 20 minutes, pretty good. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Good effort. It might be inflated, who knows? Because <laughs> I'm certainly not keeping track of time. But, you know, look, whatever. You can say that I only last in bed for five minutes. Uh, you know what else as well? I will say this about this whole Ben insult. Shapiro meme. Huh? I don't think that's an insult. What, that you only last five minutes? Because yeah. you got what you wanted out I of it. I got things to assertive. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you if I can't, if, if I was trying to last longer and I could still only last five minutes, that might be an insult. <laughs> but just... <laughs> If you just say, "Hey, you, you, you're quick in bed," well, maybe I'm making the conscious decision to to be quick in bed. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to get it over and done with. Yeah, yeah. Which and I'm not personally, just so you know. But I don't think that's necessarily an insult. You know what? It takes a lot of explaining. I suppose it's just like any heady point. You do need like a book to make your argument, but it's a compelling one. You've got to be yeah. tarred a lot with a lot of that very easy propaganda of, you know, you could only last five minutes. But, you know, the history books will look kindly on you. Efficient. <laughs> yeah. I'll get a lot of other things done. <laughs> hey, you've got this down to a talking point. Because there's just actually, there's just... So many women waiting in line. I can't afford to give uh, one of them more than five. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was half your canister. <laughs> That's it. I just, I just don't have time. <laughs> cool. No, no, no. But like, but anyway, you did mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Good segue. I <laughs> did do mushrooms. I feel like mo- this is a we're going to have a, a a long conversation about this, and most people listening to this would have probably done it at like eighteen. Yep, and been like they would have. What were you waiting for? I haven't done them. I've done other drugs, but no, I never really did any of the psychedelics. The only reason I did it is because I read books about it, mm. and there was a bunch of Harvard studies that were talking about the benefits of it, and then I changed my tune. To what that drug actually represents. Mm-hmm. And I will say this about it. If you are 18 and you tried it then, I don't think that that was a good idea. I don't think it's going to be particularly damaging to you. But I just think that, look, as a, as a little warning, kids, winners don't use drugs. Proviso, except in very specific circumstances, a.k.a. hanging out with mates. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, what? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> What other circumstances are we talking about? Uh, I mean, like, come on. There's got to be some people watching fucking the feed or some shit doing it. 
come on. You can do better than that. Are you gonna? This is one of those situations where you're like, I, I don't think I can follow the jumping in your thoughts. Oh, because okay. you've gone with like, okay, drugs are bad mm. unless you're with mates. Mm-hmm. Some Stand people by. who watch the feed. So you're saying people who watch the feed don't, they do drugs by themselves. Yeah, see, again, it's just picking out, it's, it's our whole fucking lives, just picking out these stupid, arbitrary, like, demographics. And Your life, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you contribute. made a career out of it. Oh, I can't. You made a yeah, fucking yeah, career yeah. out of it. You, I was, <laughs> like, you are not in a position it's to throw as stones. Niche as like, I'll never <laughs> yeah, do a video of people who watch the feed. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> I'll be like, white girls. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much a feed. And we definitely want to hear your uh, your mushroom story, but just a just a quick announcement. Got to do a bit of. I want to be Sam Harris. Just uh, time for some housekeeping, housekeeping. guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> time for some housekeeping. No, uh, thank you to everyone who has subscribed so far. Uh, there's been a few questions, so I'm just going to address some of the main ones. Um, the reason it's going through my website is because I'm I'm basically the producer here. I'm managing <laughs> yeah. I'm managing the whole it's thing. It's a low budget. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, hey, we're doing all right. Um, you seen this? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. Look, sick sorry, sorry. Don't touch it. It might fall off. <laughs> um, so that's why it's through my website. And uh, Jordan does have a Patreon for his other podcast, I believe, and his other content. Um, we have separate just through our website. So it's not through Patreon. Um, and again, there are limited amounts of those $10 a month and $50 a month subscriptions. Cause we're going to aim to do about answer one question, maybe one every two podcasts. And with the $50 a month subscriptions, maybe five a year, we'll do a fan, a listener, uh, suggested podcast. And look, they're already like halfway taken. So thank you for the people who have subscribed already. Um, go ahead and do it. If you haven't, uh, neilkalhatka.com slash podcasts. And I also, I got my dad's website wrong in the last podcast. It's not SavvyStreet.com. It's TheSavvyStreet.com. <laughs> so that's my housekeeping. And now I present Jordan's mushroom story. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And we got to have the music. The classic Danos Direct supplies limited. <laughs> Straight into the mystical journey. You, you can't be any f- more further apart in life than taking shrooms and watching fucking... Um, what do they call it? Infomercials. Is that what you did? So look, look let's set the scene. Um, who were you with? Where were you? Where'd you get them from? Let's do that. Let's do, just give me ten minutes of the background leading up to. So you know, you 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 wanted to do it because you read some books, and yeah, that okay. is why I wanted to do it because I was at a point in my life where mm-hmm. I think, and this is the whole point of having shrooms that from an academic perspective anyway it gives you the ability to reset your brain i think that what has happened is because as i've whined about numerous times on this podcast i've spent the last 10 years of my life obsessively working Mm -hmm. and as a result of that my brain is very predictable it's just a machine because i've grooved it in to just doing the same experiences over and over again and getting better at executing them quickly because that's basically the recipe to success is just to do like three things over and over again, pretty much. So I went to that phase, 
became just very good at doing that one task in life. And I think as a result of that, I was becoming a bit of a factory. I was a walking factory. Mm-hmm. So... So let me just, you, you weren't, you didn't feel like you were evolving. There was, uh, it was very stagnant, your well, life yeah. trajectory. Yeah. Like there was growth, but on the business side, but for you personally, there was no growth. No. Hmm. And as a result of that, your personal life starts diminishing. Uh, and you, like, like what we were just talking about before, I'm just, I'm just a workaholic. That's all I ever do. And so I was just using it because then I just started looking into childhood development and all of this kind of stuff of just like, who am I? And I was just going through that phase. And I think it was just all because it was a buildup of doing one thing. And so I went to take shrooms to see what else there is going on up there. That was the reason that I decided that it was a very good idea to do. Yeah. Um, so, like, I am just saying this, right? I think that until you have reached some level of success and development in your life where, as Neil was pointing out, you are just at this point of just like a roadblock of what now? You need to be at that roadblock, I think. I think that that's the useful way to use mushrooms. If you are just using it because you're fucking 18 and you're just like, yeah, my brother's got some... It's like, it's look, you might have a fun time or whatever, but I, I think it's just going to be more damaging than it is good. I wouldn't put um, successful and mushrooms in the same sentence. What do you mean? <laughs> in any other way. Like, I can't imagine. <laughs> like, most sh- like uh, yeah, psychonauts exactly. being most successful. Most people doing mushrooms are just. Well, they could be successful in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a different conception to what most people would see as success. Yes, but uh, yes. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's a very uh, financially right. successful people are doing. Maybe nowadays there's more of that. But well, uh, I, I feel like cocaine's the drug for financially successful people. Yeah, look, financially successful people that aren't doing anything in the in anything in their life. But uh, apparently, in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of uh, people microdosing it throughout the day. Yeah, actually, no, I could I can see that. Kind of just up until like the the. The tech entrepreneurs came came around. I can't imagine successful business people would do much. Yeah, maybe they I were. Don't what, I don't know, but mm, yeah, uh, just the eighties. The, 80s the culture all, wasn't there. It was all cocaine, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which the way that, it that is because. <laughs> have you done? Have you done? You're co- a fan of it, aren't you? Have you done cocaine? No. Okay. Because look, to me, everything that I've it's heard about fun. that is just like having like six Red Bulls. So what's the point? But it costs. Yeah, but you don't get that bucks. like when you have caffeine and, and energy drinks, it's it can be it's not as fun a feeling. Okay. Hmm. So you fan. were having a good time. Yeah, uh, the 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 handful of times I've done it, yeah. Uh-huh. So it wasn't it's very expensive. This is the other thing, I just hear it's shit in Australia. But I've you've got never nothing done to compare it. it. Oh actually I did it in the UK once. Mm. I, I I couldn't tell the difference. Mm. Actually, it was a good. It was a very good time in the UK. It was like a small bar, and there was a just your classic bar band. You know, I don't know if they were a cover band, but look, they weren't very good. And I was standing up the front as though it was a mosh pit, just like, "Yes, I love you guys. Yes," and everyone else was just seated, <laughs> drinking quietly. <laughs> 
So it was a good time. But I did look, I definitely didn't have any spiritual awakening. So anyway, you go on with the I don't want to co op You your absolutely art. did it. No, no, it was just a lot the of fun. The opposite. Yeah, it was, it was look, I'd do it again. You receded, yeah. It wasn't so expensive. And <laughs> I'm sure there's like the risk of getting addicted, but maybe once a year. I don't know. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Um unless you definitely have the means to do it. And like Jordan said, you're very successful and you're very disciplined so you don't get addicted. But go on. That's Look, I, I really keep needing to stress that. Look, I, I really don't see mushrooms as a thing that you should be doing for recreational purposes. It should be as a tool. You have to earn mushrooms <laughs> is my view anyway. <laughs> so what level of success, like how do, how, it, what's the standard of success people should reach before you give them a mushroom? <laughs> If you, you were the regulator, if, if I, yes, if you finally. were like the 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 minister for mushrooms, yeah, yeah, and you were able to administer it, like you had full control over the mushroom supply in Australia, mm. like what's the income attainment level where you you say, all right, you can have one mushroom, or uh, however many the normal doses. I haven't done it. You know oh, what? Obviously, I, yeah. <laughs> Ninety k. I was going to go for 100. Oh, that's not, okay. Yeah. There, there, there's, there, look, there's public servants that work really hard for 90K a year. I think that there's just like, there's a point in your life, I think, that they were talking about in these videos, uh, sorry, these, these books that I was reading, where your life just, you, you notice that your life is going through a groove. Yeah. You notice like, oh, okay, you know, this is, uh, you, you find ways to get comfortable and move through life. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that that's the point. It's this, it's it's yeah. Again, that roadblock thing of just like where do you go from there? Hmm. Um. So that is the reason that I had it. Uh, Did you do it by yourself? No, no. I was with a couple of mates. Were you in uh, out in nature? Yes, yes, because, look, we did the standard thing of just going to the Blue Mountains. Of course yeah, you're going to go there. That's where you go. <laughs> of course. And the other thing, because the other thing that you know about going to the mountains is that if anyone catches you, they'll know what's up and they'll be fine with it. The, the worst thing would be to be doing it in like Tempe or Bankstown or some shit where they're just like, why are you so fucking happy, bro? What are you looking at? You don't want to be around that energy when you're on shrooms, I can assure you. You mm. really don't feel like getting mugged. Mm. That's like way less than normal, you know? Yeah. Um. And were you actually out in the bush or were you in a house? In yeah, the- we were in like a cozy cabin house that just backed off into land, uh, you know, the, Standard. the, the forest. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. That's the way to do it. In, in fact, that is the way to do it. If you can't afford that house, don't do it. And so you go into the wilderness and then you just get that classic, you know, spiritual realization. They're like, I am one with the earth, man. But you know what that feeling is? Mm-hmm. You know what it fucking is? You are just hyper-present to the moment. And so as a result of that, those classic things that you hear Buddhist monks talking about where they're just like, don't worry about being cold, just observe the coldness, that kind of stuff. So when there is like a chill going through because it's the mountains, so Mm -hmm. it's like borderline snowing. um, When you have, when when that wind is going through, because you always just, don't you ever see that when you're just walking, like you're in a car or something like that and then you just see some rainbow lorikeet or something shivering in the rain and you think, fuck, poor cunt, you know? Uh, It's always just like, it sucks not having air conditioning, but, huh? 
Uh, no. Well, you never seen like an animal or something so. like that, and just been and just thought, I am really, really glad that I can buy a train ticket. No, now I feel bad that I haven't really had that. <laughs> Damn, I'm indifferent to <laughs> animal suffering. Neil's realization. vegans. <laughs> oh, actually, there was a kitten out near my apartment block a few weeks ago. And was clearly very distressed, and I tried to uh, let bring it out with food. It didn't, and then I and then I came up here to get um, a cat bag, and when I went back down there, it was gone. Oh, and then there was a bird a few weeks that was getting attacked by other birds, and it was almost dead. And I took it back. It was a pigeon as well. I took it back home here, tried to give it some water, and. I don't know what you do with a pigeon if you can even take it to the vet or not, but it it did die, unfortunately. Here? Yeah, yeah. I was buried in one of my pot plants. Really? Yeah. Good nutrients, blood and bone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you know you're gardening. Um, so I do have some um, empathy for uh, animal <laughs> suffering, but I've never seen a no, rainbow. That particular instance, I've never seen a rainbow lorikeet and been like, oh, I like air conditioning. <laughs> It's <laughs> very specific. It's not. It's not that you're actually even feeling sorry for the bird. You're just thinking this thing of just like, oh, it's so awesome being a human being. You know, like it's just that kind uh, of feeling yeah. of like, you know, you can, you, you know, Kmart clothes if you're cold and all that kind of stuff. But if you mm. just got feathers, that's it. it. Doesn't matter what the weather is like. But I think that what happens is you kind of start thinking a little more like an animal because you're way more present. And so wind and things like rain doesn't affect you. Like it does normally, you just well, kind of accept that it is cold and so you just keep walking. It was cold when you. Oh yeah, it yeah. was. It, it snowed the day after. Oh wow. Yeah, so it was it was fucking freezing, and then we walked. We kept walking, and then we went to a golf course. It's just insane because it was clearly a very hoity-toity one. It was a private one, um, and we just walked. This is what you would so have seen. Trespass. Because, yeah. And it was just, they, they were too cold to come and say anything. But the country club... I've got a story. But no, go on. I keep interrupting you with my stories, but go on. You can tell it. No, 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 you go on. And I've got a funny story. It's not really... It's no, There's no spiritual awakening at all. It's just like a funny drama There's story. no spiritual awakening to this one. There isn't. This is very earthly. Well, we'll be coming later. But like, okay. it's just... This was the beginning of the trip. So yeah. then it kicked in. And then my friend, Miss Love, from the other podcast. And so we were just walking into this fucking golf course there is a big country club manor at the top of the hill about maybe 600 meters away from us mm -hmm. so they would have seen it they would have been eating filet mignon and lobster and they would have seen three trippers come out of the forest and they would have seen miss love just all of a sudden keel over and vomit on the green and then just walk Jesus back into the Christ. woods. <laughs> like it wasn't it, 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 like you yeah, know, it was it was it was 30. in the green. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so look. I'm not sorry it happened, but I do feel sorry for the person that had to clean it up. But it just I just really like thinking about it from these like rich snobs perspective that are really old, seeing people that are dressed like this from like just ant 
ant views, like probably this big. And you just see a little bit of trickle come out, all quiet, back in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what was your... what was your? Uh... Oh, it just reminded me of... Um, f- so, for my 18th, um, I was in Melbourne uh, for the comedy festival. And I didn't have any friends in Melbourne other than... Our group of guys uh, had met a group of girls from Melbourne in schoolies. So we had known, you know, we'd vaguely known them for a week. And I was staying with one of them for three or four days. And they were having a going away party for one of their friends. So they were like, yeah, all right, we'll just celebrate Neil's 18th as well. And then one of them, I think out of pity, let's be honest, wrote an 18th speech for me. And no one at the party knew who I was. (laughs) No. Yeah, and then oh fuck, that feels so uncomfortable. Fuck is this guy? And then she's just basically talking about stories from schoolies. Knows nothing else about me. Um, and then we got um we got pretty drunk and ended up on a I can't remember if no it wasn't a golf course it was like a hockey field, and people had just ended their practice and then somehow I ended up in, we ended up in the clubhouse and they were having a meeting and I just walked in and there was just like a, a good 10 seconds pause where they just were like, who the fuck is this guy? And I didn't do anything. And I was like, okay. And I just walked out and didn't do anything. Most is like you do the reject room. Basically. Yeah. <sighs> So um, it was just okay. A, well, that is that's the most brutal birthday story I've ever heard. It's pretty. Uh, look, at least she still, you know, still got a speech. But yes, look, no she's it. clearly very empathetic. I will give her points for that. But sometimes empathy works to your detriment. How did you 18th. feel, man? Oh, I was, I was, um, I was happy. You, you were. Oh, cool was, I was probably on the goon or something, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's nice, that's sweet. <laughs> and everyone else, I was just looking at everyone. They were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> <sighs> were you up there? Were you center stage while she was talking about you? Um, there was like a, it was in a backyard, so there wasn't a stage, but there was a circle. There was like a gathering of people because first they gave all the speeches to the girl who was going away. Yes, I can't remember if it was a going away party or she was coming back. Mm. Um, so it was all her party, <laughs> and then. And then I I can't even remember exactly how the speech was instigated, but I'm pretty sure she just got up and, by the way, guys, it's Neil's 18th. You probably don't know him, but I'm going to read a speech. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, you know what? So if you were at that party, uh, this would have been in whoa, where Camberwell in Melbourne in 2012. If you were at that party, <laughs> yeah. let me know Do in you the comments. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that speech, though? No. I would really um, love to hear if anybody can remember any extract of that. Um, I think it was just stories from schoolies because she didn't know me any longer than that. Right, okay. So it was like, pretty good she at beer pretty pong. She did pretty well. And then just for the for the uh, she teamed around for the circus. And, and then I got it, and then she did a twenty first speech as well. Because it was like, oh, you did my 18th. This this will be funny. Do my 21st as well. I'm not even that. Cl- I'm relative. Like, I'm. It's because I always have my birthday in Melbourne, and I don't really know anyone many, else. Uh, no, I know a few people, but 
by my twenty first, I knew more people because I yeah. used to spend like a month there. But that was okay. The first so a quarter time of the crowd knew a month yeah. there, right? Um, yeah, no, my twenty first was like I had I had about ten to fifteen people. Oh man, that ended up in like shooter getting kicked out of a nightclub. <laughs> Standard. Um, yeah, when is it? He? Exactly. I know you expect. Imagine it. if shooter be wasn't if he famous. Didn't get kicked yeah. Out. Um. <laughs> Cocaine on that night as well. Jesus, yeah, I always what a surprise. I sound like such a. I'm actually. This is probably like four times I've done it, and I think one was like two weeks ago. But I hadn't done it <laughs> for about two or three years. You don't understand. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I've never done any of the psychedelics. Anyway, that's my 18 <laughs> party story. Yeah, dude, that was Good really, times. really uncomfortable, and that was years ago as well. And I still feel for you. <laughs> But at least you weren't. It seemed like you were the well, only one cool like in the situation. Drunk, yeah, so I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> you know what? I'm go- I guess we're going to have to call that the happy ending of the story. Was that you were too pissed to feel like weirded out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say that's a happy ending. <laughs> Some Somewhat redeeming. And also this as well, Damn. that it is like actually an interesting 18th story. Yeah. Because yeah, every other, other one is just every pretty much that mislove is, story is... of like, I've vomited. <laughs> Did you? Let me guess, wow, tequila? So yeah. special. <laughs> Play Guna Fortune. You, you try to hook up with someone. Yeah. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Pretty sad if on your 18th you don't get to hook up with anyone, I've got to say. I don't think I... I mean, well, judging from the no anyone there. Not that it should have. No, been. yours is yours is very excusable. But if you are orchestrating a party when you are eighteen together, and you're you've you've got your eyes and some of the girls, and on your birthday you get rejected, that's going to sour the event, isn't it? Oh. So here's the thing, right? Like, just be self-aware enough to know. I think a it was a pity hookup. I think it was probably a pity hookup. I don't think she was that into it. I think because it was my birthday, it was like. Uh... So that's that's fine as well. Still, if you're in it. your eight, yeah, you're eighteen and you get a pity hookup, that's fine. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> Grab what you can. A wind's a weird. It's because I keep having my birthdays in Melbourne. No one knows me. Mm. Well, now they do, but. And also, I just feel like it's it's just easier to get some in Melbourne, you know. What makes you say that? I don't know. I just feel like Sydney in general is some door bitch girl. That's the that's the vibe <laughs> of this <What>? Sydney. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> You don't get that vibe from Sydney of just being like, not in those shoes. Excuse me? What did you just say? Well, how about you just get out? Fuck off then. I really feel like that's the vibe of Sydney. Whereas the vibe of Melbourne is just that fucking ad that they did with the huge ball of string. They Look, it was very obnoxious, but then again, so is Melbourne. Yeah, when it comes to partying, and, um, I think they're, they're, they're much more relaxed. But then Anything? every city is just gradually more relaxed than, than <laughs> yeah, yeah, depending on population. It's Perth, uh, Perth, it's pretty well known that uh, they... Filthy. They fuck. Filthy. <laughs> They've got the highest rates of STIs of all the Australian cities. I wouldn't have expected Man, they're English. so hot though. Yeah, I know. And I'm not... Like the guys as well. No, I don't agree. I think it's just the girls. No, I like they're all... It's just something about a beat, like... like Coastal cities. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's that. But I, I'm telling you, there's so many midgets there. So many short men. In Perth? Yeah. 
You sure? Yeah, every time I go there, there's just all these stocky guys being like, what are you looking at? It's like, well, even though I'm still two feet well, taller than you, like, <laughs> yes, yes, they do get that. But they're, they're dwarfs, they're minors. Anyway, that's my like non-fact-based assessment okay. for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you try, you, you you know, you can compete with them then. What, there? Uh, I don't know about that. They are, like I'm Very saying. Very manly. Like, dwarfs are still manly, yeah. Yeah. How short are we talking? Like, I don't know. I just noticed that when I go out to the clubs, there's just all these hot chicks walking around <laughs> and all these midgets I beating each other. clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that street is there that just looks like a more open, uh, like worse planned North King's Bridge Cross. Or yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. It's so good that we've got like trucky knowledge of Australia. Yeah, all the clubs oh, in yeah. the capital cities of Australia. They're playing well, look, duty. yeah, when you tour from age 19 to 23, you do end up knowing all the. You've been everywhere, man. You've yeah. been everywhere. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> There's one club in, in Perth in particular. Oh, I can't remember the name, but um, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I was probably one of those dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Fit in. Yeah, but but um, <laughs> mushroom story. Yeah, this is the fucking mushrooms. It's the story of this. So um, like yeah, look. Anyway, we get, we I want to get back. to the um the, some of the realizations. Yeah, yeah. So you you go. We, we went back after that. Like that. That's all stock standard. And I got to say, most mushroom realizations that you have are just very mundane. And I hate reading them most of the time because most people just say the same thing of like, I saw crazy patterns. So what? This is just a dream that you had, which is the most boring discussion there is. Mixed with the fact that, like, there's no real recollection of the specifics of that dream, and it's very similar to every other dream you've ever heard, coming from someone who just told a vomiting story. But look, the thing is, how, how, just really quickly, like, how uh, is your memory patchy of the things you, no, you saw? Mine's no, mine's not, you and you know like, why? You remember all of it? Okay. Because I, and this was one of the big realizations that I had when I was uh, on mushrooms, I'm extremely heady. I am constantly thinking I am not involved in the present moment whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So much so that I didn't even notice that I was tripping. I was just thinking so much that I wasn't hallucinating. I wasn't really focused on any like feelings on the outside world or anything like that. Even when I was walking around the exact same thing. Um, the difference was Miss Love, for instance, he because he's an extremely present man, hyper-present, was hallucinating and tripping balls and had to just sit out of it and sit there and just watch movies to keep his mind occupied on something mm. because he was losing it. He was, he was having but a wig out. To face, isn't it good to actually face that, whatever you're... It is if you are capable of doing it, but at some point you just get to a, like, it's like greening out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like yeah, sometimes okay. the, the trip is too much. So he just went down and did that. And was it just the two of you? No. And then it was also my GF and she was there. Did she take them? Yes, she did. And she was somewhere in between both of them, which is, again, just shows like she's just got a very balanced personality. Anyway, I was uh, I was just taught, like, then I noticed that the trip for me was all internal and in my head and all I was doing was just observing my thoughts 
And it was amazing because you do have the ability to do that if you if you go into it. And this is the other thing that I've noticed about shrooms. It seems that if you go in there with a direct purpose, if you go in there thinking like, I want to sort this part of my life out or yeah. something like that, it directs the trip. Because Miss, for instance, just extremely present. So whatever happens, happens to him, right? And he just absorbs that. Sure. Uh, I was just sitting there just being like, tell me something I need to know. You know, I need I need something out of this. Mm. I, I've just realized as a result of being on those trips that I'm an extremely curious man. I'm just constantly burrowing into the detail of things to the point that I completely block out the rest of my life. And so that's why when I'm always complaining about the fact that, you know, 10 years have passed in my entire life where I didn't remember any of it. It was all just happening in here. It was all just, was just really enveloped in the dream state, right? What shrooms gives you is the ability to observe your brain thinking. It's a very difficult pro- uh, idea to comprehend. And why is that different to uh, how is it just like mindfulness and meditation, but to the nth degree? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's the conscious. It, it is what they are talking about in Buddhism all the time of just being hyper conscious. And what we were talking about before, where you're just very, yeah. very conscious. You are very conscious of how that's going to happen, right? Like how that's going to play out in your head. Um, And so like you just notice, oh, okay, I'm going to think about this now because I've thought about that. And I constantly think about this. You Mm. are given sort of a bird's eye view for how your brain is normally thinking. Mm. As a result of that, you have the realization. This is the thing that I think is particularly interesting is that you have the realize you know this you intellectually know this believe me i intellectually know this i've read way too many self-help books not to understand this yep but you understand that all of your thoughts are exactly that they're just thoughts now i know that that's a really mundane thing to say but unless you experience that unless you actually experience like the 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 projection of shadows onto the cave mm. and you are able to see that you aren't really ever able to embody it. So you can kind of see the process of those thoughts emerging. Sort of, yeah. That you otherwise wouldn't really be consciously aware of. That you otherwise wouldn't be consciously aware of and that it's just like firing off one after the other. And it's just this projection in front of your mind of things that are just like shaping your reality, right? Like because all your reality ever is is just shaping is just what you are focusing on at that time. Yep. That is what becomes your reality. And that just comes on like a projector and it's just like, you know? So instead of reacting, you're observing. You're observing Normally. that happening. You're observing that movie getting played. So I yeah. guess it's kind of like, you know what it'd be like? You know when you are watching a film and you're really engrossed in the film and you're sitting there just being like, no, then what happened? Oh my God. There's that feeling of watching a movie. And when you're watching that movie happening like that, you think that that movie's real. Like yeah, in that yeah, yeah. moment, like you've completely suspended your disbelief. A really good film is capable of doing that, right? But say you're just an usher that just walks into the cinema and then you just see that playing and you're just like, oh, that movie's playing. And then you yeah. just walk out. That is what Shrooms gives you the ability to be, to be that usher. Mm. And so as a result of that, the big, big realization that you have is, dude, and this is why this is why I think it's actually very dangerous to become a druggo. It's like what fucking ah shit. What is his name now? Not George Carlin, but the other big thinking comedy. Uh, Bill Hicks. Yeah, Bill yeah. Hicks. How he always was just saying that drugs doesn't uh, make you 
deme- uh, like uh, miss things that are important. Drugs make you realize that those things aren't that important. So I think that the, like a, the, a better way of putting it because like it, it has actually impacted me. It has permanently impacted me and I, well, I don't know because it's just kind of early. But the thing is that you get this realization in your brain that everything that is happening in front of your brain right now, all of these things that you think are very important, mm-hmm. it's just because it's there. It's just because it's fucking there in front of your head and that's what you're thinking about at that point. So it just seems real to you. Yep. And so like you think it's really important. It's stories that we're telling ourselves basically. Stories that you're telling yourselves. Mm-hmm. And like you're, you're not even aware of it really. It's just no. happening. You just it, the story's just playing. It's it reminds me of what we said on one of the um, earlier podcasts. It was I think the thinking and consciousness one, where your thought track is almost like a jukebox, and mm. how based on the significance of various memories and experiences and ideas and thoughts, and and then there's all the culture and everything you observe. It's just this constant loop of all these things going on in your head, mm. and you very rarely get to actually not only observe that, but just have the knowledge that that is what's occurring. Yeah. You can separate from that to just enough of a degree that you understand the process a little bit more. Yeah. And that experience, I guess, is what... Because, yeah, now that I think about it, that's pretty much exactly what it was. But that experience was just of one thought and it happened for a few seconds. I think that when you're on shrooms, you get that experience for a few hours. Mm. So you really do just get to sit there and be like, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. And you know what else was happening? As a result of... Uh, Did everything slow down as well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You lose complete track of time. Um, so as, I kind of get... Have you done... Um, have you even done weed? Yeah. yeah. I've had similar experiences like that on weed. Where sl- time slows down. Not just time slows down, but I, my thoughts slow down to the extent where I can observe them a lot more than a lot more than say meditation. Yes, yes. But I just never done. I mean, I, I've never done any of the psychedelics. Because this is the difference, right? Like, as all these hippies will always be saying, like it's natural, man. But the thing is that with weed, I think it is the same as mushrooms in that. Look, it's not made in a lab. So it's kind of having a similar experience. But look, the difference I will say is that weed kind of makes things, it gives you those realizations, but those realizations are kind of just masked in the fog of lighting up blunts or whatever. Sure. Shrooms doesn't. Shrooms makes you hyper aware. and and This is why people in Silicon Valley, I think, microdose it because it just does make you much cleaner and aware. Mm, Interesting. But I think that, look, again... I don't think that you should be doing this a lot. I think that there's like a time and a place for it and you will know when that time is. And I think that, you know, like you really don't need to have the realization that nothing's important unless you actually have important things going on in your life. Hmm. Like while that was happening, while that was happening, because this is how fucked my life is at the moment. Well, not it's like mad, but it's just like, just, you know, constantly calling people like, you know, movers and shakers, big barristers, big politicians. Like I'm constantly talking to these people all the time on phones. They're like giving me all these truth bombs that I have to turn into videos or whatever, or try and like leak that information or that that, that's always happening. 
in my life. Then I have a business that I'm running that like they just why so like I'm I've never had a day off in years, 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 years. Mm. Even when I'm like on vacation, I'm not. I'm I'm working the whole time. Even when I was just like, that's it. I'm just taking two days off. I'm just gonna trip balls and then I'll just go back to life. As soon as that happened, this AUWU thing blew up and then I had this crisis meeting with my team being like, You're getting cancelled. This is this is the end of friendly Geordies. You've really done it now. Like that was all happening. No, cancelling is a good getting cancelled is a good thing. Yeah, always. This is what they didn't understand. You're making the right moves. Don't you think? Hmm. It was hard to explain that to them. Well, normally it is anyway, because this is what I think normally happens when you are speaking to people, which is very interesting when you have that clear perception, right? Normally when you're speaking to someone, your projection of things that are happening is just running up against someone else's projection of things that are happening. Yeah, and you're you're not actually listening and observing. Not listening and observing. You're not listening and observing, which is a very important thing. But I think that all that just really happens at the end of it is that you just kind of like that? that that's sort. There's like a weird sort of mesh between it of those two like projections sort of flickering around between <laughs> each other, and then you just go away, and then those projections are still happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like two rams butting heads without two rams anything actually heads. occurring. No real connection or uh, um, yeah, synthesizing of ideas happening. No, it's like the pattern. Is just going. Mm. I can't like again. I've never done. Um, I, I'm sure I will one day when I hit that roadblock. Uh, but when I have uh, stronger doses dosages of marijuana, I everything slows down to the extent where I can that thought track that I've always just the the perfect metaphor for me is just like that jukebox, which is just different tracks are always and 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 the more significant ideas and experiences they're on the best of yeah they they occur more often so it's like a radio play right like all these things are happening and i'm very conscious of that and because it all slows down i can delve i can i can i can um dissect each song if you will a lot deeper than i otherwise normally would yes in my day-to-day life so i can really think deeply about it and i and I've had some of my most, uh, it's, such, it's such a cliche thing to say, but, you know, I, I'll write in my notes um, some really interesting thoughts that I've had while I'm on weed because I've been able to really just focus in on that one uh, thought pattern but delve really deep into it, whereas otherwise it would be boom, up onto the next thing, onto the next thing, and everything would be going a lot faster. Mm, mm. So just like some little awareness of the CD, just a little, yeah, that's that's yeah. what we're really talking about here. Just a little awareness that the jukebox is playing mm-hmm. instead of it just being this sort of radio noise in the background. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And I think as a result of that, while that crisis management was happening, they were just talking to me and they were just like, and, and I just noticed it's the same thing that they always talk about. Like Tony Robbins is always talking about that, that if someone's late, someone will be completely fine with it. Someone else will be really angry about it. It's just like, it's the same event that sure. happened, but people have different emotional responses to it. And so I was just able to sit there and talk to these people one at a time and just 
like go like, oh, okay, they're going to go and do their little song and dance now. So you weren't even just aware of your little songs and dances in your head, but you were also aware of other people and like the the way that they behave. That's that all becomes like hyper aware to you. And yeah. you're just like, yeah, like if, if you know that person well enough, you think they're going to be doing this next, then they're going to be doing that next. And sure enough, they do that. And so you're just able to sit there in that position and say like, well, the best way to communicate this idea would be to say this to him, to like play into his projection, you know? Nice. That's really, really interesting and effective because you've reached a new level of emotional intelligence then. Yeah. Because you're not only empathizing with the other person, you are living through their jukebox. Mm. So you understand, even if it's the same idea that you're trying to illustrate to them, the way in which you articulate it can be the difference as to whether they accept it and agree with it or whether they uh, get defensive. Mm. Mm. And I think that otherwise you will just be playing your jukebox. (laughs) They're an enlightened soul. It's just that. It's just, it's, it's awareness. Yeah. It's and that's weirdness. probably what like women are better at. They're better at just reading people, understanding people. It's always dudes that are like, "Man, went on this trip and it was sick." You're right. Yeah, and girls are probably like, yeah, yeah. We've, we've understood that from when we were like six. Fuck. Now that you even think about it, because <laughs> Miss was saying that as well, like it's profound, and I was saying it's profound, and then I was talking to her, and she was saying, "Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty good, I guess." Nowhere as into it, but then again, she's just not as into anything. She's a very even keel person. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to simp over the 10 listeners that we have. <laughs> oh, what? No, I'm kidding. You want, you want more cultivating, do you? I need to make up for my 18th, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, well, you heard him. Get in line. No, don't. <laughs> I don't want to get Me Too'd. Actually, now Me Too is like cancelling as well. You know, um, Bill People Burr are getting tired of the joke dance. how it's just like it started off with guys who were doing really bad things and now it's just like bad dates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy is a monster. He was 10 minutes late. The chicken was cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, me. Expose me. I think that's it, man. Like it's, it's, it's very, very simple. What mushrooms shows you, but the effects are profound. It's the same thing in, and you look, you even seem a lot more at ease, happier, yeah, calmer, yeah. Because again, like you know why? Because it all just goes back to that extremely Buddhist thought of, dude, nothing matters that much, like. What's yeah. the worst thing that happens? You die, and then you just asleep forever. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> like it gets you to that level where you're always just like, you know, bad death or someone else dying. Everything else, don't sweat the small stuff, you know. But like, yeah, you just realize yeah. your death is pretty small stuff. Pain is temporary. Yeah, <laughs> no. if you can get to the point where you're not afraid to die, you've conquered life. You can't weird, yeah. Because you're like, well, then you can fully live out your values. Because if you're truly not afraid to die, I sound like I'm a a suicide bomber here. But yeah, yeah. Look, they are probably in in many ways they're well. Clearly, they're not afraid to die, (laughs) and they're living out their values to the fullest extent. (laughs) 
So there you go. Suicide <laughs> bombers are uh, very enlightened. And incels. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, dude. You're right. It is one way of looking at it. And I think that's the whole thing. It's just like, dude, when you are on shrooms, everything becomes less. But you know what else is weird as well Wait, about everything shrooms? Everything becomes what? Less important. So, yeah, you, know, yeah. you just think about all like the travesties of the world and you think, well, life's still plotting on, isn't it? Like the, mm. that kookaburra is still there. Like, I think that happens. We're all just get- vibrations in the cosmic dance of the universe. <laughs> Is that it's so late. We're it's a the same realization. It's, it's just the same shit you hear over and over again. That's why I don't really like listening to people's experiences about it. And I had to listen to this Harvard thing of steady shoe <laughs> because you want what is emotion? It's just a Darwinian response of neurological connections telling us to act a certain way that has served us well in the past. Yeah. And that's why that pattern was uh, reinforced in our genetics. Seems to be the case. Nothing matters. See, I don't even need to do shrooms. I'm already there. Do you reckon? <laughs> do you reckon? Like, it's just like that vibe doesn't um, resonate with you? I'll I'll probably do them one day. I, see, with these things, I've never really, like, gone out and really... When it comes to most drugs, I've never really gone out and sought them... It's often been just like a friend being like, hey, you want to try this? And then I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Hmm. Um, but yeah, maybe I will now. But well, I don't know. I don't have that. Ro- I'm not. I don't think I'm really at a stage where I've got that big roadblock. Hmm. And I do find meditation has uh, made incremental improvements over the last two to three years. I'm. If you just go back, if you if you go back to those three years, uh, you know how I thought three years ago, it's been a massive leap. So, I'll again. I'll probably do them eventually. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I. I need to do them right now. No meditation does that. But we'll we'll see if they're offered. Maybe I'll do them. Look, I bet you now people message me being like, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. in Sydney, I've got some. <sighs> There's a lot of people that talk about having mushrooms as well as we learned. Like my, uh, yeah, miss, because he's just like a muso. Yeah. He would know where to get shrooms. Yeah. But everyone that he spoke to was, sorry, man, a mouse ate all of it. Oh, no, we, we, we had some two weeks ago. It's just not <laughs> the time the, of year. That's the exact voice, isn't it? <laughs> Every time. Oh, sorry, dude. Yeah, I had some, but like my housemate just did them all. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but they're better. It's like a, a, a more enlightened version of that Triple J twang. Like the Triple J twang is that same that same vernacular and and softness but with a, a a bit more of an uptight aura to it yeah because they think it's important yeah that's whereas uh the ones who are more enlightened than that don't think anything's fucking important it's that soothing slow voice it's like the housekeeping voice i got some housekeeping before mm. Mm. we begin the podcast yeah, this is the thing. It just it's makes the you voice too of relaxed. a man who realizes nothing matters, which is something that I don't like about it, and that's why I'm glad that I had it 
when I was older because the thing is, yeah, okay, it's all very well and good to say that nothing else matters, but you know what another way of looking at is? Demotivating. Really demotivating. Importance mm. motivates. Yes, but then I think you also have to contend with the consequences of uh, uh, stress, anxiety, which now will be taken away from you, hopefully. So you can still have that purpose. You can still understand that there are a lot of people that even though, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, sure, nothing's important. You can understand that human beings um, bode well when they have a purpose and when they have meaning and when they when they can give significance to other people as well. And you can do that without all that added stress. So in many ways, it could be a good thing. Like you're not going to quit your job or anything now, are you? <laughs> are you? No, I'm not. You're going to grow your hair long and just move to Byron? But it's easier is the thing. It's lowered the benchmark permanently, I think. Well, let's see. Let's see if it is permanent. But if someone says now, do you want to hang out? My usual go-to response for the last decade was can't. Now, when someone mm. says that, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I've got three hours to do fuck all in. That's fine. Well, it's probably because, what, in the last two podcasts, you were talking about how work was overwhelming you. So now, hopefully what will happen is you won't go into one extreme, but you'll just have a better work-life balance. Hopefully. Enjoy yourself. Hopefully. But I think that that's something that also might, Be of testament, and you should think about that. If you are somebody who is extremely relaxed mm -hmm. and extremely present, I don't think you need shrooms. I think you need shrooms if you are really engulfed in the in the jukebox. If you're engulfed in the jukebox, you need to have it. That's probably the way to put it. So the sort of people that are usually doing cocaine, which is you're just obsessive workaholic businessmen, they should be doing shrooms. shrooms. <laughs> and the ones like yes. in, the, in the share houses that do nothing all day because they think nothing's important, they should be doing <laughs> cocaine. Get a job. <laughs> but does cocaine just kind of divvy your mind? I'd imagine that the whole time you'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is really important for five seconds, but also so this, and then you just go to that. Yeah, a bit of that. But you still get it like you just get, get a, something done. You get a lot of shit done. There's just a, there's just this in, intense energy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well... I guess that's just the way to do it then. It's just a much more extreme version of You're just sniffing and you're like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. What are we doing? What are we dancing to? Come on, let's go. You're really? just like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it still seems like you do it like you, okay, if you're a banker or something like that, are you sitting there doing like just being like, I'm kicking ass, you know, or probably, probably actually because know. they just do it in the bathroom. Yeah, they, they do yeah, it they like do they get to work and do it. I'm pretty sure. You um, know what? But there was actually a... There was a passage in one of the books that I was reading about it that was saying exactly that. His goal in life is to get everyone in corporate America to do shrooms. And I think the world actually would be a better place it if probably those will, people if did. Th yeah, those are the people that really need to do it. Mm. 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 And stoners should do cocaine. I, just, I'm... I think you, look, potentially are onto something there. <laughs> I think more studies people are, are required. People are doing the wrong drugs. Yeah. Do the drug that you think is not... The best for you, that doesn't suit your personality. <laughs>
Dude, it's a very good way of looking at it. So who should do... So then... Wait, who are the sort of people that get hooked on ice? People who are just have hit rock bottom, right? Usually. So then people who are just like super successful, happy should do ice. <laughs> yeah, By yeah, that yeah, logic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Look, no one should probably do ice. I don't know. There's got to be some benefit No, if to you're ice. crushing it in life, you need to have your Job you. moment. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be that guy in the Bible, whatever his name was. Oh, Job. Like, it is Job, isn't it? Yeah, didn't he? Uh, he had some oxen and then they died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, like that's that. what happens to happen to you. You're killing <laughs> it too much. <laughs> just so, yeah, just so you get a little dose of rock bottom for a second. Yeah, and then Heroin? who should be doing weed? Um, so the sort of people that do it are just people who aren't... The stereotype is, oh, they're not motivated and they're really, really relaxed and they're fun-loving and they just sit there and eat Doritos. <laughs> That's just what I do. Um, so... But, well, the bankers and stuff should probably do that as well. No, you know who should do weed? Like Karens. People who are just uptight and just everything perturbs, you know, like they're just constantly on edge. Every little thing is just, oh, just stupid. They never get the order right. Yes. They need to do weed. And especially because they're always saying this as well. Like, no, no, I'm going to relax now. Yeah, they, and never, they never do. do. Yeah, then they'll move like a glass of wine around the house. But weed will fucking relax you. Yeah. So Karen should do weed. Karen should do weed. Corporate then who the fuck should flyers. do red wine? <laughs> what does red wine do? It um, well, it relaxes you, but also gives you that kind of woo. <laughs> that um, you know, woo, girls' night. <laughs> it does. So it, even I feel that way when I do red wine. <laughs> um, really, uh, aggressive, alpha. Masculine, like brutish men should should drink that red sink wine. beers. Yeah, who are mm. always like, oh, fuck, Boy. Mm, I just want to get in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And then give him some red wine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love this song. That's below me. I don't engage in violence. <laughs> and then you should drink beer. Pussies. <laughs> Pussies <laughs> should like, drink beer. Yeah, have a fucking beer. Yeah. Well, the common sense brigade are correct there. I really do think if you're just like a soft cuck, and they all and all the cucks drink red have wine, some fucking beers. Yeah, yeah. Their choice of booze is red wine or goon. Have some beers and get in a fight. <laughs> Become a <Yes>. man. <laughs> That's it. Have you ever been in a fight? No, I've always cried my way out. I'm a cuck. Even in high school, do you ever get in a? No, Yilmaz tried to fight me once, and I cried about that and got out. You cried. Yeah. That was my little get out of jail free. What was it? What did he want to fight you about? Because he fucking got me in trouble and sent me to the principal for a conduct card thing that he did. Then why did he want to fight you? Because then after that, I just went into class and I was just, as they say on The Bachelor, on the warpath. And so I was just sitting there (laughs) in class, just paying the shit out of him for like an hour straight and really tearing into him. Just like, yeah. Dude, you're That'll fat. Think about it. No one in school likes you. Like, really? Is oh, anyone here? Anyone here survey? Does anyone like him? Oh, Jordan. I know it was. Br- it was. That it was is, fucking harsh. Brutal. And they do. You know what else? The best part was. So he. Comes you deserved up. that. 
I know. You deserve to get bashed. This is a common theme. Everyone used to always say that Jordan needs to get beaten up. That's something that needs to happen to him. And I never got my comeuppance. Because if worst worst came to worst, I just pulled out the waterworks. (laughs) Oh, my God. So he just came up and was like, you want to find me, bro? Let's go, let's go. I was like, get away from me, you loser, you mash. And started crying and then just went off. And then basically like, dude, you know what was amazing? Just a few weeks after that, Miss Love, who was there in maths, and we were just like fighting over whose turn it was on Snake or whatever. And then he just goes, and then, yeah, and then, then so I was just like, fuck off, let me have the turn. And then Miss Love was like, oi, fight it out, boys. No, fight it out. And Yilmaz, to his credit, turned around and went, nah, nah, that's mad. That's fine, man. Like, we all know Geordies could beat me up. I was so out of character for him. I still remember it to this day. Wow. It was really weird. Like he Maybe had every opportunity to turn around and just be sh- like, you know, you know where you know where the fucking deal is, right? He'd, like Maybe he'd just done shrooms. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like little processed chicken logs that he had. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll wrap this one up. But um have I told you have I talked about my that fight I was in in high school on no? this podcast? It's a handball fight. Oh, that's baller, dude. That's how it started. Um, just these guys. Oh, I, we were in year seven. They were in year eight. Fuck. Just saying. And Ew. they were just being, they just been cunts. Like they were just coming into our court, being like, oh, fuck you guys, throwing our ball away. And one of them just came up to me and he was, he wore glasses and I threw his glasses on the floor. Don't do that. And he was like, he went fucking super sane, man. He just like was like, you fucking touch my glasses, I'll fucking kill you, bro. And he picked up, he first he had to pick up his glasses because I, <laughs> I think he was quite blind. And then he oh, went no, down, no, picked no. up his glasses. Boom. He got me pretty good. He got me in the nose. Yeah. And then I got, I think I got like a, one good punch on him as well. And then there were a few, we, we swung a few. We didn't connect very. It wasn't a good fight. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine not. Um, yeah, we didn't have very good technique. <laughs> he got a good front kick on me, I think. But then I pushed him pretty well um, near the end. But then by then all the friends were like, no, nah, it's not worth it, bro. Fuck it. And they like hold you back. <laughs> was the point made? Anything happened? Or they were just like, no, but seriously, get fucked, year seven. No, I think I actually, they didn't do that again after that. Really? So I made like, yeah. Damn, violence is the answer. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stand up for yeah, exactly. you know your handball court rights. <laughs> I was thinking of telling guys not to fight. You, you don't want to be like me and crying in that situation. That's pathetic. That's what you want. <laughs> Fuck off! These are our squares. You want those? <laughs> well, because Defended your territory. I probably in primary school. I think I might have. Yeah, but I went to I went to primary school with some fucking rough kids. So I was like, oh, come high school. I'm not going to take shit. <laughs> Beat up the guy with glasses. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was so awkward for the rest of high school. We'd always see each other. No. Yeah. Did you ever say anything after that? No. Nothing it was always just like, this is like awkward eye contact. Because yeah. no one really won the fight. Okay, so there was a school so There's no real bragging, bragging rights or anything. Was he Asian? Yeah. Yeah, sounded it. Why? <laughs> because he's got glasses. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, he was. Yeah, and he went. Yeah, that's why I said he went super sane. <laughs> I, I forgot about that point. Um, and then I think no, in primary school, did I get in any? It's always handball that was that would start the fights. No, as it should. Yeah, um, there were kind of a bit of rivalries that went on in high school. There was like some play wrestling that would get a bit too serious sometimes. Mm. Uh, but there wasn't like a. I wasn't in a full on fight. There were a few in my primary school. Fuck, like really went to town on each other. <laughs> and then to this time, I remember one of my best friends got in a fight with this guy who's since been on RBT. <laughs> and like <laughs> the guy from RBT, he, they were wrestling on the ground and then the guy from RBT got like a few punches on him and then he kind of, was pretty bad, I probably gave him brain damage or something, and like was like out of it, had a big lump on his head. I'm not making this up. He go, I'm not making this he came out of the principal's office after school had finished. I was waiting with my mum and his mum, he was there like head down, head in his hand. And his mum was like, oh, you fight like a fucking little shit. <laughs> wow. I'll never forget that. that I've never oh. heard a parent that is angry for the opposite reason. Yeah, I didn't like. I oh, knew you that lost that the existed. fight, you fucking pussy. <laughs> and the mum, yes, <laughs> the mum. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, that was, was a, rough a rough school. That was a rough primary school, and then my high school was really tame. I was like, "Well, fuck, I'll be rough." Whereas <laughs> I just came across like an idiot in my high school because it was a very it was just, there was hard, no fights, nothing really bad happened at my high school at all. Oh, actually, one guy was in a gang, and he's now. Very sadly passed away. Um, That's right. It was big. It was big news. Mm. But he was high up in the gang because he was smart. Because you got to be smart if you're going to, you know, do well in gangs. Yeah, it's like any pyramid. Yeah, but um, a good story. I'm glad you uh, you did that. Because, like I say, you just seem a lot. You already. You just seem. You got a. You got a much uh, more positive vibe about you. And it's been what, like a week, two weeks, something like that. Yeah. So um, it does good happen. Job. Well, yeah. Don't thank me. Thank the mushrooms. Having said that, there's not an endorsement of them, unless for those specific provisos. I think it kind of was. Yeah, it was. It like was. a whole podcast. Just uh, like on the other podcast. Do them in podcast. moderation. Do them if you make nine. What was it? Ninety k a year. Yeah. Then you can have one. All right, so for every green. 90K... You can have another green. You get one. And for every, like, 10K in debt, you get one bump of Coke because that will, like, spur you Spur you up like, again? Well, oh, fuck, yeah. I'll do fucking the extra shift. No, that's a good metric. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I do like the thought of uh, all of these Blue Mountains, you know, trippers all of a sudden getting very motivated and becoming, you know, brokers and shit like that just so they can get that extra fucking gram of mushroom. Yep. There what a better world, eh? Solve the problems yeah. of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more brokers. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you next time. See ya.